0: Conspiracy Unlimited with Richard
1: Serrett. Welcome to another Conspiracy Unlimited Plus episode for my premium subscribers. I first met Charlie Robinson a couple of years ago. He just finished writing The Octopus of Global Control, a controversial, hilarious book featuring the opinions of over 500 experts that expose and explain the century-long plan for world domination by the global elite. Some light reading, you might say. Well, now he's, bra- uh, he's back with a brand new book. It's called Hypocrisy, Surviving in a World of Cultural Double
0: Standards. Charlie Robinson, how are you? I'm great it's good to be back with you. We, uh, we can, we, yeah, we can get into some of that light reading. It's a little, it's a little less heavy than the, than the octopus was, but, uh, you know, I feel like the topics are still relevant. They're, they're really obviously as important now as they've ever been given what we've, we've gone through in the last 18 months. And, and I tried to frame this book in a way that would, um, touch on the serious points, because there are many, but do it in a way that kind of, you know, lightens the mood a little bit. We have some fun with it. Have some fun laughing at the insanity of it all. Because as far as I'm concerned, like when I'm trying to process new information, I always did much better with, with something like John Stewart at the daily show when he could take a serious story and deliver it in a way that was a little offbeat and made it kind of fun. I would understand the seriousness of it. I would, I would obviously get the humor. It was delivered to me in a way that worked best for me. And so when I've started writing this book, I, I really kind of leaned on that philosophy where, okay, if we're going to talk about these, 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 situations that we're living through right now and we know it's stressing everybody out we can do that but i'd prefer to do it in a lighthearted kind of way so that we 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 have some fun laughing at this absurdity but at the same time try to make sure that people understand and get the the real point of it all which is we are living in a crazy crazy world right now
1: well as i always say you have to laugh otherwise you'd cry yeah, let me see if I, I don't know if I'm even actually saying the title right. It's hypocrisy, but it's but it's spelled crazy, C R A Z Y. So yeah. do you say hypocrisy or hypocrisy?
0: I, I, I've been saying it. I've been saying hypocrisy like the normal way, but when you go to look at it, it's I've replaced Chrissy with crazy, and then put Uncle Jan, uh, Uncle Uncle Sam in a straitjacket and put him in a padded <laughs> cell on the cover. I That's, thought that that might do, you know I'm I'm into. I'm into the idea of somebody being able to look at the cover of my books and go, oh, I get what it's about just by looking at it. So Controlled Demolition of the American Empire with Jeff Berwick has Building 7 wrapped in a in an American flag as it's going down. I think people can look at that and go, oh, okay, I see where you're going. And then they see Uncle Sam in a straitjacket, and I think they're going to go, Oh yeah, this has been happening for a very long time, and 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 I know that you're a Canadian, so um, the Canadian equivalent of Uncle Sam would be in this straitjacket, too. Don't don't I don't want to pretend that it's just America that's lost its mind.
1: No, that's for tr- That's that's so true. You know what I thought of when I saw the book cover? It reminded me of Mad Magazine.
0: Yeah. Who did yep, the for who, sure? Who did and, the illustration? And I wanted
1: that yeah. I,
0: I kind of wanted that look where it was like, "Oh, it's disarming. Look at this uh, zany character who's wrapped up." And then they read through it and they go, "Oh, wait a second. Okay, this is we're talking about some serious things here. There's some there's some real topics here." But yeah, I, I thought that that I thought that the the Uncle Sam the just the idea of of us having to institutionalize the Uncle Sam character is kind of fitting for for the world these days and I thought that that would be a good visual representation of where I wanted to take things with mm. the book.
1: It's it's very stream of consciousness. Um, you, you start off with the illusion of freedom and you go on this rant that goes on for several pages about uh, television yeah, and, and how we are manipulated uh, by television uh, and And dumbed down by television. Talk to me a little bit about what you were yeah. going at there.
0: Well, that's actually so I took the f- the first couple of pages are uh, are uh, is is a, uh, an article put out by Caitlin Johnstone. She's an Australian writer who does a really fantastic job. I, re- I I came I've been reading her work for many years now, and I came across this one and I went, oh, this is it. I got, I have, it's a combination of, of Caitlin Johnstone's, uh, work that I thought was, was brilliant. And also the, uh, the beginning, like I, I did a podcast, a couple of, uh, uh oh, must've been a couple of months ago. And the idea behind it was the Frank Zappa quote that he, I don't, I don't know if he's, he's well known for this, but, but he said The illusion of freedom will continue as long as it's profitable to continue the illusion at the point where the illusion becomes too expensive to maintain they will just take down the scenery they will pull back the curtains they will move the tables and chairs out of the way and you will see the brick wall at the back of the theater so I thought it's kind of a combination of Caitlin Johnstone talking about the television set creating this illusion Frank Zappa talking about the illusion of freedom, the idea that you know the th- the world that we live in, the society that we're a part of is uh, very Truman Show-like. And if once you kind of you go, wait a second, I think there's something, and you start picking at this one thing, and then you realize you start to everything starts to crumble, and you think, wait a second, what is happening here? And so I really wanted to kind of get people right off the bat to think about the society that we're living in, and that it is in some ways a gigantic illusion that we've collectively agreed to participate in. And, uh, and that's fine as long as the illusion is, uh, is working well for everybody. But when, once that illusion takes a, a hard right turn, then all bets are off and we continue living in an illusion and it's much difficult, much more difficult to wake people up at, at that point. But hopefully, hopefully what we've seen lately over the last two years or so, uh, has, 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 sparked something in a segment of the population to kind of wake up and you know reevaluate their the relationship that they have with uh with the media who is creating this this world in which we live in and telling us the things that we're supposed to believe and maybe they'll re- you know maybe people will reevaluate the relationship that they have with with the media with the government um with big business, with a a lot of institutions that we have deemed to be normal and important in our lives and necessary in our lives, maybe after going through all this we'll say, okay, well I'm gonna have to revisit the social contract that I've signed with the mainstream media Mm. because in my version of it, you guys are supposed to report the truth about what you see and you haven't been doing that for a very long time so I feel like my social contract with you has been nullified due to the fraud on their end of things and, and I choose to renegotiate the terms of my <laughs> existence and, and participation within these, um, within these aspects of our society. So that's kind of um, that's where the, the introduction starts off, kind of getting people comfortable with the idea that some of this um, life that we're living is illusory And uh, but figuring out exactly where that line is, is is I think a little bit more difficult to do.
1: Getting back to that Frank Zappa quote, you know, the illusion of freedom and tearing back the curtain and eventually all that's left is the brick wall. Well, I would say for the last 18 months, I'm seeing a whole lot of brick wall. I think that illusion is dead and gone, wouldn't you say? Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, it really is. I mean... There's still a lot of there's still some people that are in the front row, you know, waiting for the next act to come out, and they're they're ready. And I'm and I'm at the back of the theater saying, I've been telling you, look, these people, they, they they don't want what you want, the media, the pharmaceutical industry, they they have a different agenda. They they want different things than what we want. This illusion that we have the freedom to to do all kinds of things, the freedom to come and go, the freedom to. Uh, participate or not participate in a medical experiment without the risk of losing your job. I mean, there's a lot of, a lot, and and you can fall on either side of that, uh, of where, what you want to do with these choices. But the idea that, that we have this freedom has been proven to us as, as an illusion. Uh, And, and, and that I think is, is very, what's very alarming for a lot of people. But, um, it's frustrating for us that have had our eyes open for a while, cause we've been screaming this only to be told you're conspiracy theorist, you're you're imagining this, oh oh you and your with your ideas, what did you learn that from Alex Jones? Did you see read that on the internet? Yeah, maybe, maybe I did all those things. But it still doesn't change the fact that what we're seeing is a is a a removal of our freedoms and mass and, and, and to cheerleading and enthusiastic, enthusiastic applause from the, the, from a lot of a segment of the population. And so it's, it's frustrating to me that more people don't recognize it, but, but that gets me kind of back to the, the, the idea that David Icke has talked about the totalitarian tiptoe, you know, where you don't go from a to Z all at once. You go from a to B and B to C and C to D. And when you do make these small incremental moves, uh, a lot of society doesn't, doesn't notice that. But, but when you have what we've gone through over the last, you know, the pandemic situation, those moves happened, uh, much more rapidly than, than they probably wanted. And as a result Because that movement was so rapid, I think it, I think a lot of people out of the corner of their eye noticed it and went, wait a second, what's going on? You know, everything's changing a little too fast here. And yeah, there's a virus. And yeah, we know that everyone might die, right? There's that whole narrative. But it's like, well, if we can move past the fear for a second, it seems like you guys are rekeying society. Changing the locks and rekeying this whole society and nobody's given us a key to get in. So it's, it's an important time as much as it is, you know, a, a, you know, a pivotal time for us as far as, you know, virus and pharmaceutical and everything more than anything, it's, it's, it's a, it's a very, uh, important time for us with regard to our personal liberties that are being stripped away from us under the, under the guise of protecting us from something. And, 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 and that, that to me, I think, has been the, the most uh, alarming component of this whole thing.
1: Well, the pandemic itself is, is bad enough. Not the pandemic itself. It's not, I mean, to me, a pandemic is you're stacking bodies like cordwood and putting them in temporary morgues like the, you know, the community hockey rink. Where, yeah. I mean, that, that, that's a pandemic. So whatever this is, and obviously people are getting sick and some people are dying, vulnerable people. Um, the overreach uh, that that is is bad enough, but in the space of these eighteen months, we've also had potentially, you know, a stolen election. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had race riots. Uh, we had the, um, the the rise of wokeism. Uh, I mean, I know it's that's been kind of bubbling under the surface for for many years, uh, but it's now out in in full. Display and there's now there's a nastiness and an aggressiveness that's manifested in a cancel culture. All the culmination of all these things happening at almost the same time. Uh, what what are your thoughts on on that?
0: Well, it's an interesting. Uh, it's interesting because they've taken the so the average person that doesn't really have a ton going on in their lives maybe knows that subconsciously they're forced into their homes. They're probably, I'd say the most majority of people said, well, you know what? I'm a good person. I'll do what I can. You know, I'm going to do what I can to help out. I don't know. I'm not a doctor. I'm not an epidemiologist. I'm not a, a nurse or whatever. I can't help that way, but I can, I can flatten the curve. I can stay in my home. It's not, you know, too much skin off my back. I'll just do it to be part of the team and I'll, I'll do what's right. I get that. I think that there's a large segment of the population that are just trying to be good people and I and I love that and I'm I'm a good person too so I want all those things but it's taken on what's happened now is that it's it's now given a lot of these people that don't have much going on in their life a a purpose they've been deputized (laughs) by Fauci by the CDC and they've been weaponized too, as well. It's weaponized morons running around calling the police on you if you have too many cars in your parking lot on Thanksgiving. Maybe there's a super spreader event happening or you know, so there's we we've we've taken this this idea of uh, you know, we're all in this together and 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 weaponized it. Where we're all in this together unless I catch you doing something you're not supposed to be doing, and then I'm going to call the police on you. and then we've seen what's happened with, uh, you know, the gaslighting in America has been at astronomical levels where you have a, a a reporter from CNN with a straight face standing there in Minneapolis with a burning warehouse over his left shoulder and a microphone in his hand looking directly into the camera and talking about mostly peaceful protests. And we're all looking at each other going, what is he talking about? And so there's this tremendous frustration, I think, with the, with the, with the, with the normal person out there, the average person that says, listen, I, I, the media is lying to me. The government is lying to me. Anthony Fauci is lying to me. I now have my neighbors sticking their nose in my business. When I go to the grocery store, the person at the grocery store is now concerned about whether or not I haven't taken a medical, an experimental medical procedure about whether or not they're going to let me in the store because of that. The police have decided that if I'm not wearing a mask on my face, a mask that comes out of a box that on the side of the box says, this mask does not prevent the transmission of the coronavirus. <laughs> that they will attack you physically, maybe even physically attack you on camera, beating you senseless because it's about your health. Now, regular normal people with common sense see this and they go, whoa, this is not about science. This is about compliance. This is, this is about something else. And if it's a, and if it's not about science and it's not about the virus, then what is really going on? And so, the downside to these globalist maniacs that have concocted this plan, the World Economic Forum and all that is, yes, they have this plan and they are unfurling this on all of us collectively. But what they did was they put us all in our homes and gave us plenty of time to think about it. And that, unfortunately, is is probably not uh, the right thing to do if you're trying to keep this on the down low. They should They really should do what they were always doing, which was keep everybody busy so that they couldn't really... See what was going on, but here we are. We're 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 now, you know, 18 months into this. There's still more questions than answers. Nothing makes sense on the science front. You have whistleblowers coming out and blowing the whistle. You have, uh, you have them building statues to nurses in the summer of 2020, and you have them threatening and actually firing large groups of nurses in 2021 for not taking the vaccine. I mean, we are living in some parallel dimension of society. And, and the thing that's, that surprised me the most. And I, and there's been a lot, but how it's how quick it's how quickly this whole thing has turned. Because I, Richard, I would have sworn that this was going to take years or this is a slow build, you know, the bubbling pot and all of that. But I would be wrong they 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 did it they did it all in just a little bit over a year and they have gotten a large segment of the population to really be living in fear and that like you said it's not even it's not even so much the agenda it's the people's it's not the agenda that that well I shouldn't say it's not the agenda that worries me it certainly does worry me but what worries me a little bit more is the reaction to the agenda the the people that are you know, saying, "Okay, government, I'll take it from here." You need help uh, ratting out all of these people. I'll, I'll I'm your guy. I'm going to go do this in the grocery store, or I'm going to do it at home, and when the Thanksgiving rolls around, or, or whatever. And it, it's turned, to, it's turned really into a, well, it's really turned into a dangerous situation too, because because nobody needs to be getting involved in personal medical decisions and and in aspects like that of your private life. And yet, in 18 months, we've gone from HIPAA laws that that protect your privacy to Papers, Please, before you want to go in and get a hamburger somewhere.
1: (laughs) Well, I mean, the the book begins with, you know, the illusion of freedom. I think, ultimately, that is what is most fearful to people, unfortunately, freedom. Uh, Because freedom is hard. And the other thing is, because I, I look at what is happening now, and I, I, I guess I put it through a bit of a spiritual filter. I, I think there is an evilness here at work. Uh, and evil, the problem with evil is if you, if you look at it, it, it's hard to look at because if you look at it and you see it, then you are compelled to do something about it. So this fear of freedom and this fear of having to confront evil i think is maybe what is is leading to this compliance and and paralysis maybe i don't yeah. know
0: yeah it's an interesting concept to be terrified of your freedom but but we hear this over and over again you know we hear this about people that have done 40 years in prison and they're coming up on their their release date and they're scared Cause they don't know that they don't know that world. They know this world they've been there for, you know, or, or, uh, Naomi Park who t- speaking about North Korea, talking about leaving, uh, leaving North Korea. And what was the, you know, what was the most terrifying part of it for her? She, the, the, the idea that I might have, have freedom. It's like you want it, but when you get it then you have a responsibility of upholding this freedom and that's a that's a burden that i'm not sure a lot of people are willing to take on maybe they don't feel like they're emotionally qualified or equipped to to handle that but it's a uh, you know we've been a bit spoiled too living in the west where we've had these freedoms and and i like to try and be appreciative of them but but i could never appreciate my freedom the way somebody that has escaped from north korea can appreciate freedom i i'd, I'd love to but it i just you just can't so so we've we've also been kind of feasting for a long time many generations on this free free freedom that's kind of always there we've grown up with it's just always going to be there well maybe it's not always going to be there we we it's only there because because we fought for it and we've we've stood up when people have tried to take it from us but now what's interesting is that the evil that you're speaking about and i'm in a Agreement with you on this that, that that there is an there is a darkness to this this agenda. Um, you know these people are rolling it out in a very devious way. They're using the cover of science as this protective shield to you know to to take all of the arrows from the outrageous conspiracy theorists out there, right? That are that are looking to get to the bottom of this, and they've just held that. They've held that science shield up there and said, trust us, trust us, even Fauci, you know, any attacks on science is an attack on me or any attack on me is an attack on science. Well, that's not true at all. (laughs) Science, if they listen, if it's bad science, it gets it gets attacked. So we've 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 had um, this group use the pharmaceutical industry and and the, the idea of science in general as a as a as a very clever way to deflect righteous, real, legitimate, honest criticism, and and what they've done that's even more devious is they've gotten it to the point where there's now a segment of the population that will defend them. How dare you criticize Fauci? How dare you criticize that science? You know what science is. To, if it wasn't for science, we wouldn't be here. If it wasn't for blah blah blah, you know. So they can go on. They'll now they're defending. They're defending the pharmaceutical industry. Pharmaceutical industry is the, the, the American medical industry is the number three leading cause of death in America behind heart disease and cancer. So, you know, maybe pick a different team to defend because this team <laughs> is, this team is a caskets. You know? It's
1: true. It's like I, there was recently a report of someone from Antifa um, shooting someone who was identified as an, an anti vaxxer, and you have, you know, Antifa, these supposedly they're anti fascists uh, running around beating up on people that are concerned about big pharma. I mean, you know, again, your whole book about, you know, hypocrisy or hip- hypocrisy crazy, uh, there, there's just a perfect example. Uh, I remember a, um, um, up here in Canada, during the uh, the latest battle between Israel and um, uh, Hamas in uh, the Gaza, where, you know, they were lobbing rockets at uh, Israel, and there were um, protests up here, and you had Palestinian Canadians running around and just throttling, uh, you know, Orthodox Jews just yeah, walking around minding their own business, and, yeah. and 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 it's like, well, where is? And they and some of these Palestinians were waving swastikas and <laughs> and saying and, and and chanting, Hitler was right. Hitler was right. And I was saying, where the hell is Antifa now? Where are they now right. fighting the the fascists?
0: Well Antifa is uh, they're at the hair they're at the they're getting their hair done somewhere, right? Have you ever seen the 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 compilation uh, mugshot of uh, all the Antifa members? Boy, that's a that's a cast of characters that you get the feeling they're not you know they're not throwing their Molotov cocktails overhand right they're having to <laughs> sort of underhand them there it's not the most athletic group of people but but this is all part of a concept that I get into in the book that's that I just sort of loosely defined as cultural subversion and it's so you know I had a I had a layover in Mexico City. uh, G Edward Griffin was on my flight. Mm. And so we were, we were sitting in the airport in Mexico city and, and Ed is the nicest guy in the world. The poor guy, I must've talked his ear off, but I, I wanted to get into this because the, the, the videos he did with Yuri Bezmenov back mm. in the late seventies or early eighties, uh, where they're talking about the art of subversion, was so fascinating to me. Right. this and, is a former you, KGB
1: general, right? Who yes, who defected yes, and basically spilled the beans on on how um, you know the, the Soviet era style, you know, brainwashing and gaslighting and all of that has totally infected the West. Uh, I mean, and it's like totally mission complete now when you see some of these woke people like confronting these two poor white fellas that are sitting in a, I guess was a a multicultural hall doing their homework on their laptops. And one of them had to have, one one of them had a sticker on his laptop that said, support the police. Uh, And they just, they chased these two white people out of there. I mean, you can't reason. I mean, that's exactly what this guy was talking about.
0: Yeah, mission complete. And and he laid out sort of the strategy and said, well, you know, he's saying in these interviews, and you can tell it's like just based on their clothes, you know, you can tell it's like the, the late 70s. And the he you know he was kind of like well don't worry it'll take 40 years for this to kick in he was right mm. and, and it did he said you know you start you have to you have to take a long uh, approach to this you know you st- also make sure you get them in in the education system the university systems and and so this is this has been brewing for quite a while and it was unleashed in conjunction with you know the the black lives matter protests and and, and all of that stuff and that's a tricky one too because you know you you You've got the very real and legitimate complaints of the black community towards the police departments and towards society in general. And I I was going to USC in 92, living in South Central Los Angeles when the Rodney King riots broke out. So I saw like one day everything was fine and the next, the next day everything was chaos. And I remember thinking, well, at least the good news, if there is any good news of this Rodney King riot, is that we're going to go through it there's going to be so much heat on the police that we're going to get all these things changed and then we're not going to have to do it again right and yet here we are here we are you know 30 years later and it's the same thing happening all over the police are acting crazy black communities feeling disrespected uh, white cops are treating them poorly and reverend Al Sharpton and Jesse Jackson are there at the march again right what like what are you guys doing just marching the black community in a big gigantic 30 year circle we're right back to where we started. Nothing's been accomplished. So it's frustrating to me to see the black community, which rightly needs help in this situation, get hijacked by the corporate black community, BLM registered trademark, you know, this operation. And it's like, hang on a second. The BLM organization is not the black community. And, but they've, they've made it Seem as though it is, so they'll go around, and it's kind of like a shakedown operation. Hey, nice, uh, nice basketball league you've got here. Be a shame if something bad happened to it. Oh, no, no, no. We support Black Lives Matter. Here's the check. Great. Here we'll put it on the side. We'll put it on the sidelines during, you know, during the. Um, the NBA Finals bubble in twenty twenty. Well, we'll just we'll we'll put BLM everywhere, right? So it turned into this corporate extortion racket where they would shake down corporations and say, you know, you, you you support us, right? Put your money where your mouth is, and then they took all that money, and and Susan Rosenberg, the head of the of finance for BLM, managed that money. And Didn't she
1: firebomb the Senate? Wasn't she the one?
0: Yeah, yeah. She Back in the eighties. Yes. Nobody nobody
1: called that an insurrection, did they?
0: No, they didn't call that an insurrection. They didn't call her a terrorist. So, it's funny because in the summer of 2020, everybody's a potential terrorist except for the person at BLM who's a literal convicted <laughs> terrorist who did 60 years in well, was sentenced to 60 years would still rightly be in a prison cell. If Bill Clinton hadn't pardoned her on his way out of office and now now she's the what fourth in command, third in command of BLM and this and, and they're lighting buildings on fire everywhere saying mostly peaceful protest. And you've right. got a CFO who is a convicted terrorist and we're racist. Yeah. Many of them black businesses, black owned businesses. Right. Yeah. Black. But yeah. So we're we're in a we're in a like so, you know, I want the black community to do well. I think that they, ha- they were rightly angry about this, about what, what had been happening in their community. They should have been up in arms when Timmy Rice was killed, a 15-year-old boy shot in the back two seconds after the police show up on the scene on video. Like, that, if that doesn't get you out on the streets, really, what will? But, but the George Floyd component to this always felt forced. I mean, yes, it was on video, and yes, it was egregious and insane, but it got weaponized in a way that seemed a little bit unnatural. It just seemed like the media well, was doing their thing. The, I'm trying to remember that sheriff
1: that was on the um, on, on, doing the rounds. All he was a former sheriff of. Uh, I'm trying. Was it? I can't remember what what uh, town it was. He was always on there with his with his uh, sheriff's hat, Clark Sheriff Clark, and uh, he he said before the Floyd uh, murder. He said, you wait. They're waiting for what he called the golden kill. They're just waiting for the right one, that incendiary device. They're waiting for the golden kill, and Floyd was the golden kill. I mean, what happened to him was horrible. I mean, this guy was not Rosa Parks, and he's been elevated. He's like you know Nelson Mandela now. This guy held a gun to a pregnant woman's belly during a, a, yep. a home invasion, and nobody deserves to die that way, obviously. But, no. but again, he's... He's being, um, you know, they're tearing down statues all over the place. Up here in Canada, they, stored, they, they tore down the, um, the statue of a guy by the name of Egerton Ryerson, who designed, or was kind of the architect of the public education system up here in the early 19th century. And, uh, I mean, he was one of the progressives. He was, he was when progressive was a kind of a force for good, Mm-hmm. Uh, they're tearing down statues of people they don't even understand. These were abolitionists, um, but you know, if he did one wrong, well, he didn't want he didn't abolish it quick enough, slavery, you know. Right. <laughs> but and then they're at the same time they're erecting statues to um, Floyd, George Floyd, you know, and but they're willing to forgive the fact that he held a gun to a pregnant woman's belly during a home invasion, like.
0: Yeah, it it seems to me like they're they're willing to elevate flawed characters in the black community. They did the same thing with Rodney King. Now I, I Rodney King was driving hundred miles an hour and he was like six foot five, 250 pounds had a big guy. I'm not saying he deserved it to be hit by those police in any way, shape or form. I'm not saying that at all. He had a very long criminal past. He had a criminal past after that. They, they took a guy and made him a sympath, sympathetic character but once you got below the the video you know once you just got a little bit past the video you went yeah but he's got a lot of you know they made him Rosa tried to make him rosa parks as well and then he said can't we all get along and it was a, it was a great moment and everything and i felt like he meant it and he, and he was probably you know a, a guy that you know he's just a guy that had trouble in his past but they elevated him and then everyone goes yeah but how am i going to tell my kids to be just like rodney king or how am i <laughs> going to tell my kids to be just like george floyd you can't you know so it's like so wh- while they're doing this, this is the cr- craziest part. I and mean, We all notice this. It's as they're elevating these flawed characters, the George Floyd's of the world, and we're seeing him, you know, ten times a day on our nightly news. They are simultaneously taking the black faces off of the packaging of food, Aunt Jemima, Uncle Ben's. All yeah. this are saying, well, that's racist. It's racist to be it's racist to be on the box. No, it'd be racist if everybody on the box was white, but now we've got some black faces on there. You want to take them off. Aren't we going backwards here? So I point that out a little bit in the book, how, how some of this stuff just doesn't even make any sense when you, when you dig just below the surface. And, and, and it's, it's almost as, you know, it's just, it's a devious form of, of trying to manipulate history. And these are the people that, that, that benefit from manipulating history, the the the, the people in positions of power in government, and like what you, you're seeing in Canada, the taking down of of statues, we get we're getting that here in the United States. We're getting the uh, anybody that was involved in the Civil War, whether they were on the good good guys or bad guys, however you want to define that, those statues have got to go. You know, so yeah. so unless it, you're Senator
1: a, Robert Byrd,
0: <laughs> you, right? <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Because
1: he's a Democrat.
0: He's a Democrat. Never mind that he was he, the Grand Wizard. Uh. But but listen, he was the grand wizard. I mean, at least he was the top, right? Yeah. That's how they 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 look at it. Hillary Clinton's talking about what a great guy Robert Byrd was, and Joe Biden saying he's extremely influential in my in in my career. Okay, well, we, that makes a lot of sense, <laughs> you know. So so it's it's a it's kind of a backwards a backwards time, and and yet if you calmly and rationally and logically explain this to somebody, if you can get them to calm down, then they'll see it too. But there's something about the hypnotic flicker of that television set that just puts people, I mean, I know that there's a scientific component to it that puts people in a a, a different brainwave uh, state, but, but there's something about that information. Maybe it's because the guy's sitting in a million dollar set with a $3,000 suit on or something, something about that information appears to be more real to the average person than the information that may come from your podcast or my podcast. Though, though our information isn't, uh, we, we're not coming at this with some agenda except the truth, I suppose. But, but our information is essentially unbiased and yet it will get, you know, passed over for something that comes from the mainstream media, because it's you know the shiny packaging of it all.
1: all right. Well, let's see if we can get totally canceled here. Um, all luckily, right. Luckily, this is luck, going already. <laughs> luckily that we don't post this to uh, YouTube, but so we might be safe. I don't know, but um, you you, uh, you list the 56 different genders. Oh
0: gosh. Uh, yeah.
1: In I didn't know there were 56. I I could they, name did. I could name maybe 10 uh, if I was hard pressed um and you and and in alphabetical order uh no less yeah and you know it goes without saying obviously people that have some gender confusion uh are totally worthy of our sympathy and and our empathy and they should be cared for and nurtured and supported uh but when we get into like 56 different you know uh gender and cisgender, male and and FTM, which I have no idea what that is, and
0: nobody does. Uh, Two the, spirit. It, yeah, it starts
1: to sound like a Monty Python sketch.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yes, it does. It is. It, it, I'm I'm with you a hundred percent because I'm. I grew up in Palm Springs, California, huge gay community. S- aside from San Francisco, I think. Uh, Palm Springs and Laguna Beach, on a percentage basis, two of the biggest gay communities in the in in, in at least in the United States. So I grew up around that, and it wasn't um, so it wasn't taboo or unusual for me. That's not what this is. This isn't homosexuality or anything like that. That's that's not what the, this and this isn't. You know, there's there are people that are transgendered that have been born with multiple sets of 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 organs, and and I can't even begin to put myself in their shoes or imagine the sort of confusion, the anxiety of, of everyday life. And then you factor in high school and it's got to be unbearable. And, and that's not, I'm not directing any of my uh, mockery at those people at all. Much like you said that they, they're not, they're not the ones doing this. It's a different component. It's a different group. It's, it's, it's a group that wants labels. They want to label themselves. they, they feel special by being in a small, very specific group that, uh, that, that only they are a part of. And, and, and when you watch these videos of the, of the people, maybe it's a TikTok video of someone explaining that they're in the morning, they're, they're, uh, they're, non-binary in the afternoon, they're pan gender. And in, and in the evening on Thursdays, usually then they're uh, gender fluid, you know? And you're like, what are you talking about? Like, this is, this doesn't make any sense to me. And I'm nice. I'm a nice, you know, go along to get along type of person. So I'm not going to give them a hard time about it necessarily, but there comes a point where we need to just kind of say, okay, listen, we're dealing with mental illness here. This is, there's there's nothing, there's no, you're not benefiting any, nobody's, nobody's feeling more inclusive because of this. In fact, quite the opposite. This is excluding more people. The more you create another gender, you're excluding more and more people. And, and so it's not about you know, now there's a hundred plus genders that have been brought up, and none of them—they don't make sense. That the, the the This list that I put in the book is the list um, from for, that was put in Facebook, and Facebook said w- we're using all of these genders, and they don't make sense. You know, that one of them is transgender male, and the next one is transgender man. It's like, well, what is what's the difference? It's like I don't know. Nobody the knows. Transmasculine.
1: Know. Just, there's transmasculine. Yeah Make the cloud work for you with Cloud Optimizer. Get a free assessment and find out how much you can save by going to
0: cloudoptimizer.com. Go to cloudoptimizer.com for your free assessment. That's cloudoptimizer.com. You know,
1: um, the irony here is, and you mentioned, you know, uh, growing up in certain communities where there was, uh, you know, a, a big a population of, of gay people. Really, what this is is, um, it's 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 really an attack on, in some ways, on women, because they're trying to erase women, but it's also attack on, on the gay community. And I'll, um, here's my thinking. We have a bill up here, or it's now a law, it's Bill C-16, and it was to outlaw conversion therapy. Now, when when I say conversion therapy, I'm not talking about you know, some Baptist minister holding down a homosexual in a church basement, you know, and performing some kind of an exorcism and and trying to scare him straight. We're talking about um, counseling someone. It's now against the law to counsel someone, even for a parent, to take their own child who has some gender confusion and have them counseled. Even when there is an underlying depression, you can't even treat the depression because that's considered conversion therapy. And many children have, not many, but children that have kind of this gender confusion is is not a, it's not that uncommon. It's not abnormal, but you know, in ninety five percent of the cases, they just grow out of it. You know, we, tomboys, and and the next time yeah. you see the tomboy, she's in college and she's wearing beautiful dresses and she loves her femininity. They grow out of it, but in a, in the in the in the cases where they don't, they often end up being gay. So, you know, the, 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 uh, the, the, uh, the young boy that feels feminine and feels like, you know, he's maybe a, a girl and then later is attracted to other men. He's, he would have been gay, but now now they want they to put that child on hormone blockers mm-hmm. and, you know, reassignment surgery and all of this. It's like they're, not only are they trying to erase women, you know, people who have cervixes, uh, people right. who menstruate, now they're now they're going after homosexuals, and I and 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 I think the gay the gay community um, that's a horrible term. I mean they're individuals, but right. they are starting to wake up to this. Every um, every week on my daily afternoon show, uh, we do a segment on radical gender ideology, and I, and I have a, this group of uh, f- uh, they're feminists. Some of them are lesbians. Uh, I never thought that I would find you know. Allies in in what I would usually consider to be a kind of the radical feminist group, but but here we are now coming together because there is this external threat from this radical, uh, you know, unscientific transgender activists, many of whom are not even transgendered.
0: Well, and you also have the problem up in in uh, of uh, in Canada of the jessica yavin is that his her name the person that would go to the yes the the yeah having the waxing uh performed i mean that is that's not doing anybody any any favor so i can actually understand why the the radical uh lesbian groups that you said you thought might not be allies i mean they see this too they see this it's rightfully uh concerning to them is what it should be at least because it this is this is you know, these people are, are ruining what the gay community has built over all these years. And I've got a, a good friend who's, who's a, a gay guy who, who does a podcast. And he, he talks about this. He's talked about it many times t- about how, you know, it's, it's cartoonish for him, like the gay pride parades and everything. He goes, listen, I don't need to get out there and the, you know, with the with the rainbow wig and the feather boa and 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 all all this stuff. He's like, it's, it's it's kind of like making a mockery of of us. He's like, some people, some of us are like that. And that's fine if you want to do that. But he's like, just so you know, we're not all like that. We're not, you can't put us all in this one group. And so, um, this is doing, I think a disservice to, to everyone. I mean, I wanted to be Spider-Man when I was five years old. I'm glad my parents didn't have the conversation about this, you know, hormone blockers to put me on something because I, because when you're a kid, you want all kinds of things. You don't understand how it works. This is, this is, it's bordering. Well, it's, it's beyond bordering. It's, it's crossed the line into abuse when you start to see these things, but it's, it's being done under the guise of science and being fair and being inclusive. And when you stand up against that, then it's like, Oh, so you're not on the side of fairness and inclusive inclusiveness and all that. And you're like, no you're loading the question no i'm 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 in favor of inclusiveness but that's not what this is this is this is insanity
1: this is feeding del- feeding this, into this. other people's delusions
0: yeah and for and, sure,
1: you know if you talk to you're not supposed to do that with someone who has a mental illness you don't feed into their delusion if someone wants to have a healthy limb removed because that would make them feel more whole and people have that delusion yeah you don't feed into that if someone no. is anorexic because when they look in the they have body dysmorphia and they look into a mirror and they see a fat person and and they say I'm not going to eat you don't feed into that delusion that's
0: fatal yeah we've and we've collectively as a society we've been feeding that delusion and 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 this is what we're getting we're getting a, a whole generation of kids that are very confused and look it's tough to be a kid in ge- just in, in the best of circumstances you throw in COVID you throw in video games you you throw in 24/7 cell phones and iPads in everybody's faces and then uh TikTok videos and everything's online and you have no privacy anymore that's a that'll do a number on your brain so so we're in a we're already in a hypersensitive society and 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 I think that these people I don't know who they think they're helping with the let's get these kids on puberty blockers immediately. Well, why don't we err on the side of caution? Why don't we see how these things play out? Listen, if you want to do the puberty blockers and the kids 18 years old or, you know, an adult then then go down that path. I'm not saying it's not my business. Is, is I guess is my point. But when we are talking about children and we're having adults that have their own agenda making decisions and and imposing that onto children. It might even be their own parents, you know, trying to be as woke as possible you know and 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 feed into it and get social credit points from their friends on Facebook for this but you know this is this is very dangerous and and it's even it's gotten so far it's gotten like r- ridiculous legally too because what we've seen here in in America <laughs> I got to read this this is a the the house rules package for the 117th congress they they come out with these these new rules every time they, they start a new session of Congress here and in this newest session they have now introduced a term a, a, a set of words that are now banned you are not allowed to say this in the Senate here in, 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 or in the House and, and Senate of, of the United States and the words are not the words that you might think they are they're not MFR and stuff like that which you probably weren't allowed to say anyway no 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 the words you're not allowed to say in Congress father Mother, son, daughter, brother, sister, aunt, uncle, niece, husband, wife, father-in-law. You get it? I mean, Mm -hmm. there's 40 of these terms on this list, and it all refers to the family. It all refers to the the way in which you refer to people in your family. And so for the unhinged conspiracy theorist out there in all of us, we can look at this and rightly start to wonder... Are they trying to destroy the family? Like, are they trying to destroy the words in which you use to describe your family? I mean, that's straight out of 1984. I've got some big problems with this. Well, it's straight out of
1: Karl Marx, right? That was the objective. You destroy God, uh, and then you destroy the family because you can only have the state. No wonder Uncle Sam is in a straitjacket on the uh, the cover of Hypocrisy. (laughs) surviving in a world of cultural double standards. So just a few minutes left, Charlie. I always, I should always a lot more time to the solutions than I do. Uh, and and also we got, we went down kind of a dark corridor there, but it's a very funny book as well. Uh, it's a lot of laughs in there, but let's talk about solutions. How do we get out from under this morass or is it too late?
0: Well, no, it's not too late. The, the, fir- the first thing we need to do is recognize and get very honest about what, what we're experiencing here, that the powers that be the people in, in positions that are controlling our lives through the government, through the media, uh, these people don't want the same things that we want. We have to, we have to come to that understanding. We have to realize that a lot of the people that we're living with don't want the same things, uh, that we want. I, I I end the book with a, with a, a couple different lists. One of them is from a guy named Zuby who's a, he's a British, uh, he's a British rapper. Yeah. And, and he made this He's this great list. on
1: social media. I don't listen to rap. He's but fantastic. I, but I love his, and, and uh, his tweets. I, his,
0: his his one tweet that went crazy viral um, a couple of months ago called 20 things I've learned or had confirmed about humanity during the pandemic. I put all 20 of them in there. And one of the things that he said was most people would rather be in the majority than be right. And I thought, Whoa, Mm. that is very important. That's a deep comment right there, because that's true. We need to we need to change that. So so part of, you know, part of the solutions that we, we need to incorporate, we need we need to get honest with our relationship with with the media our relationship with the pharmaceutical industry and we need to acknowledge that that we're in an abusive relationship with with all of these in, uh, institutions out there especially the government but but not limited to them and we've got to start talking to one another we have a whole lot more in common than we do uh, points uh, opposed so so talk to the people around you talk to your friends and family if you are somebody who likes content like this and you uh, probably are if you're listening to to this podcast you you want to share the information with people close to you but you find that they're a bit you know maybe a bit hesitant i have learned through trial and error mostly error that the 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 worst way to do that is to just unload verbally on another person say hey would you like come here i want to tell you about what's really going on out here and and you just go off on some some rant that doesn't work. I've done that. It doesn't work. But if you can engage with people, if you want to start to talk about what, what you're seeing or what, what people are experiencing, do something real easy. Just start asking these people questions. Hey, what do you think of this? Hey, what do you make of this, this, uh, idea of mask mandates? What do you, what do you make of the idea of these? What do you think of these NBA stars that are all saying, no, they're not going to take it. And they're, wow. What do you, And, and if you get the, if you get it to be a, uh, a, a dialogue instead of a monologue, things start to work a lot better. You're, you, you, you wind up coming off as not so, you know, unhinged. You, if you can get them talking about, because the, the, the truth of the situation is that a lot of people out there have not taken the time to really think about what they're living through. And and they certainly haven't felt comfortable enough discussing it with a lot of people. But if you can get somebody, if you can get to to people close to you at first and then maybe people, you know, the next layer out, do so – By asking them the questions, get them to start talking about these things. Cause sometimes when they talk about it, they start to talk, they talk themselves into a, into a dead end and they realize, Hey, wait a second. That doesn't make any sense. You know, Oh, why are you wearing the, why are you taking the vaccine? Well, I'm taking the vaccine so that you don't die from COVID. Oh, so it stops it from spreading. And I thought it didn't say that, doesn't it say that it doesn't stop it from, from you getting it or from you giving it to someone? Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, you're per- how are you preventing me from getting it again? If it, if it doesn't stop you from giving it or getting it and they go, well, well, the reason why I'm doing it is be, I don't know why I'm doing it. You know, <laughs> so you can start to kind of work this out with them. I've, I've done it. I've seen it with my own eyes. I've said, keep going, keep going. You're almost there. You're all-. And then you get them to realize, Hey, listen, the things that you're being told don't necessarily, um, you know, they, they don't, uh, they don't make a whole lot of sense. And I, and and I've also had to kind of explain to people, look, we're, there is a step-by-step chart for the stages, the 10 stages of genocide, which is a big word and a really scary word. We're not gonna get into all, we're not gonna get into that, but but I make sure that I put that list in, in the book. I actually put it in there in the beginning and in the end so that people see just exactly how close we are to this. And so I think it's important for people to kind of take a, you know, to re-examine their relationship with the things that they've always been comfortable with, their relationship with the pharmaceutical industry, their relationship with the media, their relationship with the government and their relationship with their, um, with how they, their, their spirituality, you know, how they, how they view that. Cause that's really important. It's it, and it's been under attack in, in the, in the last, you know, well, the last couple of decades, I would say it's really been under attack. And for many people, that's the place where they get the most strength is, their connection to their God or their connection to their church family you know, the people that they know there, they get into that routine. It's a sense of community. And when that's taken away from you, that has a very destabilizing effect. So it's important for people to kind of, you know, re- look, it's okay to be mad about this stuff. It's okay to feel like you've been had. If you're just waking up to what we're, we're living through, we've all been had, but it's what you do with that information, you know, wake up and start to make some changes and we can, we can do it there. It's, it's out there. The possibilities, you know, when we get through this, we can, we, we're either going to be, uh, an amazingly strong community or we're going to be fragmented and, isolated and feeling really lonely. And I certainly hope we get it together because it's not too late to pull this thing out.
1: Hypocrisy, surviving in a world of cultural double standards. Charlie,
0: a great pleasure. Thank you. Thank you for having me again. I always appreciate our talks. Charlie Robinson.